right, you may be seated. We're going to continue in our sharing. I'm going to sit down. My verse I got was uh, Matthew 11. Come to me all who are weary and heavy burdened. I'll give you rest. So I'm going to sit down a little bit, all right? Um, Happy New Year, everybody. If you're just coming in, um, just want to say Happy New Year again. And again, this service is a little different, a little different from what we usually do. So all the children will be with us throughout this time. And all the preteens could join in as we pray together, children as well. Um, First Sunday of 2024. For some of us that grew up in the 80s, I think Elder Charles was talking about this, 80s and 90s, 2024 feels a a bit daunting. Uh, Did you know there were about 30 Hollywood movies that had 2020 as the future uh, setting? So we know growing up, 2024 feels like, oh my goodness, 2024. Um, Not to mention how uneventful last seven days have been around the globe, right? I was having dinner with one of my pastor friends in the city, and we're just talking about the craziness of past seven days. I don't know if you've been following the news. I've actually been away, spending time with family, so I wasn't watching the news until like probably middle of this week, and I realized like earthquake in Japan, uh, the, the eruptions in Iceland, another missile launch from North Korea. I mean, we're used to that, right? Living in, you know, living in Seoul, we're not freaking out, but um, it's been a, a, a bit but crazy start to 2024 and pastor friend and i we were we were really hoping like hey maybe 2024 would be would be more more delightful right we've had many difficult years whether it's through covid whether it's through economy and, and here we are 2024 um and many of you this week participated in our 6.30 a.m. morning prayer this week, and I'm so glad we did that. I didn't know what was happening around the world because I wasn't really watching the news or, or keeping up, but as I, was, uh, I came back home and I was reading the news and catching up on what was happening, um, I'm so glad we started this year with morning prayer as a community. Waking up 5 a.m. wasn't fun, right? That's why I think God gave me Matthew 11 this morning or this afternoon. Uh, but it was a wonderful way for us to center uh, our lives around God's Word and our community. Uh, if you missed it, all the devotionals that we've shared in the Zoom morning prayer are on our website under the Read section. You can follow along. Uh, but today being the first Sunday, I wanted to use our time together uh, to set the tone for the year. And every year we have a theme. Towards the last quarter of every year, elders and the staff and the leadership, we start praying about, look, what do you want to focus, what do you want us to focus on next year? We did that this year. And this year's theme comes directly from Jesus himself, words of Jesus himself in John 15. This is where, I'll do the whole reveal at the end, but John 15 is where we uh, receive the theme for 2024. But when you think about John 15, consider the profound nature of this conversation, right? If you understood the setting or the occasion of this conversation, uh, Jesus knows he's about to be arrested, taken to the hill of Golgotha to fulfill his final mission on the cross. And he's having a meal with his disciples, men 
who have left everything to follow him. The men who he spent three plus years eating, traveling, ministry. And knowing soon Jesus will have to leave them and for them to continue the mission forward, Jesus wants to best prepare them. And this is the section of John's Gospel where we are. And in fact, John 15 is part of discourse called Jesus' Farewell Discourse. Uh, these are final teachings of Jesus before he heads to the hill of Gorgotha. And that's where we get our theme for 2024. And as our leadership, elders and staff, we're praying and discussing about, hey, where are we as a church? What are we hoping to, to see more from our congregation in 2024? We really strongly sensed that God wants our community for 2024 to be facing outward. I think last two, two and a half years, we've spent a lot of time trying to reestablish uh, liturgy, reestablish get, gathering together out of COVID, out of different things. But 2024, we really felt like God wants, wants our community to face outward. Asking questions like, how can we better serve our neighbors and our neighborhood as Jesus' community in the city? How can we better champion our city? What are projects that we can get involved in? Initiatives that we can start? What ways can we serve those who are outside of our community? These are the questions we really feel like Lord wants us to ask as we approach 2024. And two key words that kept coming up in our discussion, right, elders and staff, it was service and discipleship. Service and discipleship. So so I I took that, I went to the Lord, and I said, okay, Lord, our leadership, we're praying about service and discipleship. Looking outward, what do you have for us? And it took me a long time. I was like really struggling, like many, many verses, I was really struggling and um, I was just at home. I'm always talking to Lois about different things. Lois is my wife. And she's like, Simon, John 15. I was like, easy for you to say? Like, you, you know, like, you know, for, for Lois, it's like, it's easy, right? And I, I, at that moment, I was like, you don't know, okay? You don't know how much I struggle to think through this. And then I went away and Lord was like, Simon, it's John 15. John 15. Your wife is always right. Um, and, and really, when you think about service and discipleship, how do you do that well? Well, you cannot do that well without John 15. So if you have your Bibles, John 15, we're going to read from verse 1 to 11. It's also on the screen. Um, let me read for us. If I'm the true vine, I'm sorry, not if. <laughs> this is Jesus. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. This is Jesus. Look at his disciples. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him. He it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. 
If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch that withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, that your joy may be full. Three things. Who is Jesus in this text? What are we to do? And three, why should we obey? Who is Jesus? What are we to do? Why should we obey? Verse one, Jesus says, I am the vine. Very interesting. Vine and branches. But you see, for first century Jewish, um, for first century Jews, this idea of vine and branches had profound significance that we don't understand because we're, we don't understand their context, cultural context. For the Jews at the time, any reference to a vine carried a far more important implication. Jesus is not simply saying, well, let me give you one illustration, just like vine and branches, that's who we are. He knows he's speaking to men who are Jewish. In Isaiah chapter 5, verse 3 to 7, It says, And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to to do for my vineyard that I have not done in it? And when I looked for it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? And now I tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge, and it shall be devoured. I will break down its wall, and it shall be trampled down. I will make it a waste, it shall not, it shall not be pruned, or hoed, and briars and thorns shall grow up. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah are his pleasant planting. And he look for justice, but behold bloodshed, for righteousness, but behold an outcry. So for, for, the, for the men who are hearing this message from Jesus, his disciples, they know what Jesus is talking about. What Jesus is saying to these Jewish men who are actually very proud of their Jewish identity and their identity ties them to Yahweh and their covenantal promise that Yahweh made through Abraham, through David. What Jesus is saying is, well, your Jewishness is actually not enough. The fact that you are a Jew, chosen people, is not enough. In fact, no human achievement, identification, wealth, or accolades will be enough. What Jesus says is very clear. He says, apart from me, apart from me, you can do nothing. And in the Gospel of John, 
Because we're in the Gospel of John right now in chapter 15. Throughout the Gospel of John, Jesus declares that he is true and the only bread of life. He is true and the only light of the world. He is true and only door. He's the only shepherd. He's the only temple. And this reality of you can do nothing outside of me. This was not only true for Jesus' disciples, but that's true for all of us. All of us in this place, many years later, John 15 remains true to us. But this is hard. When you think about life, when you think about our culture, we live in a culture that places great emphasis on individual autonomy or self-expression. Every Pixar movie nowadays, one of the primary messages is what? That we are constantly told to follow our heart. Forget tradition. Forget what your parents tell you. Forget, create your own way. Create your own future. We're constantly told that no one should be able to tell us what's right for us. Only each to their own. Yet Jesus says, if you want to bear right kind of fruit, if you want to be fruitful in your life, you cannot do it on your own. In fact, Matthew chapter 7, 15, 20, Jesus talks about fruitfulness in this context. And he says, be aware of these false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing and inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Jesus says, people that are false, people that are true, you recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from the thorn bushes or figs or thistles? So, every healthy tree bears good fruit, but diseased tree bears bad fruit. Pretty simple, right? He says, you will recognize everybody by their fruit. So what Jesus is saying, if you combine John 15 and Matthew 7, really saying everyone will have some type of fruit. The important question is, what are we producing? Will we persist in living as if we are the vine of our own lives? Or will we surrender and attach ourselves to the true life? Right, The whole week we spent morning prayer, we were in the Psalms. And every Psalm, the main idea was surrender. Surrendering our vision, our future, our purpose, our desires, and really surrender to align ourselves to the true vine. But we each have a choice. As we enter 2024, all of us have a choice. Will you become the vine of your own life, or will you choose to attach yourself to the true vine? Obviously, the answer is we want to attach ourselves to true vine. I hope that's why you're here. But how do we do that? How does that look practically? Simple, but not easy. Simple, but not easy. Verse 9 to 10. Jesus tells us how we remain abiding in Him. Verse 9, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in that very love. This is, is, is unbelievable truth. What Jesus is saying in verse 9 should like shake us. Jesus says, 
As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. He's not saying, as you have loved me, I have, I have loved you. As you have remained committed to me, I'm going to remain committed to you. That's not the gospel. This is the gospel. Gospel is, He loves you, not because you are good, you qualify, you've earned yourself. He loves you because why? This nature of who God is. The gospel is, you are invited because why? Because this is who we are. You're given a new life because not because you have earned it, not because you have obeyed. No, gospel says because we have failed to obey, Jesus came to rescue us. And then verse 10, Jesus says, the way you abide is you keep my commandments. You will abide in my love. Um, so verse 10 is really not a demand for Jesus' own benefit. Because Jesus is committed to us no matter what. So verse 10 is not for his own benefit. It is for what? Our own enrichment. It is for our own benefit, Jesus tells us, to abide in his commandments. Right, think about parents. We're parents here. Think about your relationship with your child. If you don't have kids, think about your relationship with your parents. Obedience does not define the core connection between a parent and a child. If that's true, like my parents would not have a son for most of my life. I have two daughters. Emma, right, this is my first daughter. Emma will still be my daughter even on her worst days. That doesn't change, her being my daughter. That status, that status will not change regardless whether Emma's obedient or disobedient. But you know what's beautiful about this relationship between a child and a parent? See, for, for most of our interaction, me and my daughters, they will comply to my demands out of fear of consequences. Like they'll lose screen time. If they don't share, I won't buy them another thing. Or if they don't do this, if they don't, don't do their homework, then no, no Netflix for the next, you know, next, next two days. Uh, and oftentimes my daughters will listen because, you know, they, they want their Netflix time. They're acutely aware if they don't listen, there will be terrible consequences. Yet as the relationship deepens, uh, there's a shift that occurs. I could already see with Emma and Eleanor, obedience has become more than just a response to rules. I can see that it is a reflection of trust and understanding that's being built as we interact, as me as their dad, them as my daughters. And, as, and, and more and more as our relationship deepens, their obedience has less to do with avoiding consequences, but because they, lis- they listen, because they recognize that my dad really cares for me. My dad really cares for my well-being. Most of the times. And this realization fosters a more profound connection between myself and my daughters. There's a mutual respect and love. Again, when Jesus says in verse 10, to abide in me, keep my commandments. It's not for his own benefits. 
Jesus wants you and I to flourish and really enjoy life and be all that we can be on this earth, what He has called us to, but that is only possible when we commit ourselves to abiding in His Word. Because Not because we're afraid that God's going to take something away from our lives, but because we know God cares for us. We know that God loves us. We know that God, who did not with, withheld His one and only Son, will not withhold anything that is good for us. So I believe in verse 10, this is what Jesus is inviting us to. So that's really our theme for 2024. Let me, can I ha- ask uh, uh, Daniel and Hannah to come up? We're going to reveal, we have a, we have a banner. Um, here's the theme. Everyone ready? Create excitement, tension. Uh, I think you guys know what it is. Anyone want to guess what the theme is? No guess. All right, here we go. The theme is rooted in grace, deepening roots through abiding practices. It's long. We'll explain throughout the next several weeks. But really, the idea is being rooted in grace. Abide in me, remain in me, rooted in the source of life. Um, And and the the subsection, deepening roots through abiding practice. We really believe this year as we challenge one another to be in the Word, in prayer, in community, we can deepen our roots. How do we deepen our roots? We do that together in community. But this, just, this isn't just a theme. I want us to this isn't just a theme. It is an invitation, invitation to deepening our roots in the source of life. In the Gospel of John, in the very beginning, a couple of weeks we were in this, John begins the Gospel saying, Jesus is what? Remember, anyone? Jesus is the? Logos. Thank you, no one. Jesus is the, the Logos, right? Jesus is the Word. And we explain why John chose that title. And basically what John is saying is Jesus is the rational principle. Jesus is the one who holds everything together. So it only makes sense for us to be connected to the source of life. So, so when John 15 comes along, we understand what Jesus is saying is, you want life? You want fruitfulness? Well, you got to come to the source. And it's only by remaining, abiding in me, you will bear much fruit. Um, amen? And I, I, this is our prayer over our individual lives, our prayer over our families, our prayer over our community. Lord, help us to be here where growing deeper in grace. We're deepening our understanding of who you are. All right, I have a few topics that I want us to pray together. First topic, can we pray together for abundant fruitfulness, okay? Don't misunderstand. This is not health and wealth, okay? Listen to me very carefully. When we pray for abundant fruitfulness, we are seeking God's guidance for our church, for our community to bear Christ-honoring fruit of love and generosity and evangelism, right? When we pray for fruitfulness, we're not praying, okay, help us to get big building and nice speaker system. No, we're, we're praying, God, help us be abundant in the fruits that we bear, in the way we serve, in the way we are generous, in the way we love, in the way we evangelize. Let's make this a prayer. Let's pray together, church. Jesus, we pray for Father, just a 
abundant fruitfulness in our community, God. We ask, God, that you'll be faithful to us in our desire, in our prayer, God, seeking your face. We ask, Father, for your goodness, for your faithfulness in all that ways, God, that you call us, God, whether it's like serving the city, whether it's serving this place, God, continue. Continue to pour out your grace, continue to pour out your love, God. We just pray, Father, for your wisdom and guidance, God, as we ask, Father, for fruitfulness. We seek your face, God, in these areas, God. Would you be with us, God, in this in your faithfulness, Jesus. Lord, teach us how to be generous, God, with our finances. Teach us how to be generous with our time. Teach us how to be generous. Lord, would you give us a heart of compassion? Compassion, Jesus, as you saw the city, saw the people, and you wept. Give us that kind of empathy. Empathy for our co-workers. Empathy for our neighbors. Empathy for our friends, God. To really desire for them to know Jesus, know the gospel, to come and hear the good news. God, we just ask, Father, for the greater fruitfulness as King's Cross community. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Continue to move us, God, in that place. Position us, God, in that place of generosity. Jesus. Can we also pray for unity in purpose, uh, that God would unite our community, aligning not just who we are as people, but in our spirits, uh, reflecting oneness between Christ and the Father. I love that line about Jesus saying, I loved you just the way Father has loved me. And let's pray in our church community. This is how we will love one another. Not with human love, but the love that the Father and the Son has shown us in the Trinity. In that wonderful love, we can love one another. Let's pray together. Father, we just pray for a greater sense of unity, God, as you have called us to bear fruit and go out and receive people. God, we just pray for a greater sense of oneness, God, in this place, in this house, God, that we are not divided. There's no sense of uh, different groups. And we just pray, Father, for unity, God. We pray, Father, for humility. Pray, Father, for meekness, God. Pray, Father, for your spirits to lead in, for us to lay down, God, our agendas and ideas, what we think is good. And we pray, Father, for our King's Cross community. Help us, God, to think through, God, what you're calling us. Pray, Father, that we will not love our dream of community, but that we love the people that are in front of us, what you've called us to, God, in that sense, God. Restore us, God, the joy of salvation in this place. Father, may brothers gather with other brothers to pray. May sisters gather with other sisters to pray. May there be mutual edification and challenge as we come together. May there be a genuine fear of the Lord, God. May we, may we strive for holiness together, sharpen one another, challenge one another, God, in all aspects of life. Teach us how to be one, one in your goodness, one in your faithfulness, and in all the ways, God, that you called us. There's beauty and unity, God. We love the body of Christ. Pray for this place, a place of vulnerability, openness. As I sharp desire, God, help us, God, to be, be one another, challenging one another, God, in that way, Lord, in this place. Let's also pray. This is one thing that I think many of us have been desiring, this idea of discipleship, 
Let's pray for God uh, to really disciple us with each other. Uh, that means we got to be willing to be vulnerable, honest, more open. We got to be willing to have difficult conversations with one another. Uh, but really, God will give us grace to make disciples, starting here and, and from here to people outside. Uh, let's ask God to foster a culture of learning and spiritual hunger. Sometimes we come to church, we're just like, oh, we're just here. But can we pray that there will be a genuine hunger for God's word, genuine hunger for fellowship, genuine hunger to pray. Uh, even hunger is a gift from God. Let's pray together for our community. Lord, we ask God for hunger in this place. Father, we pray for appetite, for greater sense of growth, God, in our community. Father, we pray that you would draw us closer together, close to each other, God, and to really know what it means to be. We just pray for availability, willingness to sacrifice, willingness to say yes to you, God. Father, willingness to challenge ourselves, God. The status quo and what we think is is, is good, but we just we pray, Father, that we be willing to take chances, God. We pray, Father, for humility. We pray, Father, for vulnerability. We pray, Father, for openness, God, and desire for relationship. That we hunger for Your Word, hunger to pray, hunger to know Your will, hunger to study, hunger to go out and reach the lost, God, with the love of Christ, God. Would You increase in us, God, desire? A, a, a sense of urgency for the gospel, urgency for the city. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for your goodness, Jesus. Last prayer for our community. Can we pray for pruning? Pruning for growth. Uh, Jesus says he will prune those that are fruitful so that they can bear more fruit. And pruning, if you know anything about um, plants and growing plants, pruning is not a fun process. It could be a painful process. But let's pray for courage and understanding to accept God's pruning in our lives. Whether God, it's an area of sin that God wants to deal with this, with us. It's an area of personal preference that God wants to deal with us, um, both as individuals and community, let's embrace the pruning that God wants to give us this year, trusting that His pruning will lead us to greater growth and spiritual vitality. Let's, let's say, Lord, we're open. Lord, we want to learn. We want to be challenged. If you don't want to be challenged, Lord, give me a heart to want to be challenged. Uh, let's pray that over our community. Let's pray together. <coughs> Father, we just pray for courage. We pray, Father, for the pruning of our community, God, challenging us. Lord, teach us, God, what, what you desire out of our lives, God. Lord, if it's not, if it's holiness, Lord, teach us, God, to pursue holiness. If it's righteousness, if it's honesty, God, if it's, Father, fear of the Lord, living in honest of the Lord, whatever it is, God, would you continue to sharpen us? Lord, I pray that we would be the right, we have the right posture in approaching this new year, trusting God that you would continue to challenge us and grow us, God, in, in, in all these ways, God. Father, would you prune us? Prune the way we worship. Prune us in our, in our uh, greed and 
in our lust, in our uh, blindness, in our apathetic hearts, God, would you sharpen us, God, the way we do relationships, would you sharpen us, Jesus? Father, we thank you for our time together. We thank you for this wonderful word, wonderful word in John 15, that you are the true vine and we are the branches, that you are the true way, the true life. You are the true door. You're the true shepherd. You're the true light of the world. And apart from you, we cannot see. Apart from you, we cannot have life. And so I just pray, Lord, for our King's Cross community as they approach 2024. Help us to do it in humility. Do it with excitement, willingness, God, to open ourselves up. Lord, would you create a greater hunger in our community, among our people. Hunger for community. Hunger for your word. Hunger to sit in your presence. Hunger to speak with you, to pray to you, Lord hunger to meet together would you have mercy over our community and Lord in all the ways that you're not pleased would you prune us would you challenge us in your kindness would you turn our hearts towards you Lord Father we ask for your Holy Spirit to continue to move in our community move in our lives and we do pray that 2024 year, year will be a year of great fruitfulness. Not fruitfulness in the eyes of the world, but fruitfulness in your kingdom. That many would come to know and experience your goodness this year. Many would come to know and experience your son. Many would come to know and be, be, be set free from their sin and their bondage and their idea of life. That many would come to experience the wonderful reality of the gospel and the kingdom life. We pray that over each person in this room, our community, our families, we love you, we thank you. Just let me pray. Amen.